thing is, if it's um, a sprained ankle, for example, we'd be lathering it with arnica and, um, you know, even maybe some comfrey. There's all of the things we put on the outside as well to help reduce that inflammation when it's visual. But at the same time, we have to be really careful of those visual inflammation, such as in arthritis, because once the inflammation is trying to protect, protect that ruined joint. Mm -hmm. And so if we reduce that inflammation too much without giving it all the other goodness and the bone builders and, you know, all of the things, all the collagens and all the rest of it, then we're actually going to be doing a bit of a disservice to that person. Mm -hmm. We really need to modulate what we're doing and really think about do they need this inflammation or how much this inflammation do they need and what else can we do along the way hello and welcome mentoring with geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths nutritionists herbalists and practitioners this podcast responds directly to your needs the needs of the practicing natural therapist with interviews, herbal discussions, something business and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. And today we've got Christine Thomas from the Herbal Extract Company in Sydney, Australia. And um, we're going to talk about anti-inflammatories because we're talking about immune health. So the last few that you've been listening to are on immune health. And now we're up to the anti-inflammatory family of herbs. And there's a lot to talk about in inflammatories and anti-inflammatories because where inflammation is definitely on the rise in our clients and what we're seeing in ourselves you know we're aching and and those there's lots of inflammation there so do you want to um walk us through some of this christine yes so i mean just simply the inflammation is the body's chief defense against injury or infection so they're the two things we're looking at it's a signal to the immune system to heal the damaged tissue if we're looking at injury or defend against foreign invaders such as viruses and bacteria um, which is the infection, mm. so um, which you know has been uh, very topical of late. <laughs> um, and when we're looking at inflammation, it can cause a localized redness, as you were talking about with all these aches and redness, swelling, pain, heat. It can cause loss of function of the involved tissue, um, and you know without it, our wounds would fester. And infections could become fatal. Um, so it is good in moderation to have inflammation. However, sometimes it can be appropriate, um, which is why it's getting a bad reputation. Um, if the process of inflammation goes on for too long, or if the inflammatory process um, or response occurs in a place where it's not needed, then it becomes problematic. And that's where herbs can come in. Um, and there's different types of inflammation. We've got the acute inflammation, such as you see in a sore throat, cut knee, sprained ankle, and that's usually short-term and it's usually localised um, and it's the normal tissue function. Um, but if it persists for a long time, then we get chronic inflammation. Um, and unlike acute inflammation, chronic inflammation can have a long-term and whole body effect and that's where probably herbal medicine tends to shine in chronic inflammation and chronic inflammation can be the result of an infection an autoimmune reaction or an allergy 
And it's a type of systemic inflammation and it can cause development of disease such as heart disease or cancer um, and can also lead to autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis, type 1 diabetes. Um, and again, as we spoke about in, when we were just looking at the immune system as a whole, healthy diet and lifestyle can help keep inflammation under control. Um, so, yeah, and just if we're looking at conventional therapies for inflammation, um, steroids and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories or NSAIDs, um, they have many side effects. Um, and again, it's sort of differentiating herbalists and naturalists where we look at the cause of uh, an illness and not just treating the symptoms, um, simply shutting down the inflammatory process without addressing why the inflammation is present is questionable. Um, and the word anti-inflammatory, um, when you apply it to herbs, it's a very broad term. So, um, you know, rather than suppressing the inflammatory response, what we're doing is assisting the body to overcome the problem depending on the mechanism that the body's using to generate the inflammation. So is it um, an immune-mediated reaction, um, you know, as we say in autoimmune or um, or is it more of a localised swelling, for example, such as in a sprained ankle? So depending on what the mechanism is for the inflammation is, is what anti-inflammatory herb we're going to use. Yeah. Right. Yep, That's, that sounds great. I mean, because the thing is, if it's um, a sprained ankle, for example, we'd be lathering it with arnica and, um, you know, even maybe some comfrey. There's all of the things we put on the outside as well to help reduce that inflammation when it's visual. But at the same time, we have to be really careful of those visual inflammation, such as an arthritis, because once the inflammation is trying to protect, protect that ruined joint. Mm -hmm. And so if we reduce that inflammation too much without giving it all the other goodness and the bone builders and, you know, all of the things, all the collagens and all the rest of it, then we're actually going to be doing a bit of a disservice to that person. Mm -hmm. We really need to modulate what we're doing and really think about do they need this inflammation or how much this inflammation do they need and what else can we do along the way? So because I mean, if I'm, if I've got somebody in front of me with arthritis, for example, then, you know, I'm, I know the turmeric and the white willow, but um, I'm also going to be looking at the boswellia and things like that. So we're making sure, as we've always said, that when the person's in front of us, we're creating that herbal mix that really suits the case yeah. and suits the person. And um, so you've just met, sorry, they're great in creams, as you said, as mm. well, like externally and internally. And um, and you can mix the our fluid extracts into a base cream and, and then they can be absorbed through the skin as well. So as you said, um, yep. it's another great way to get it into the system. Yep, a vitamin E base cream with the herbs is a great one. And um, when I'm doing facial creams, so for acne and things like that, I actually put it in a base of aloe vera. So because mm -hmm. the herbs mix in so well with that. So we have got that combination. We don't just have to, you know, if you've got an open wound, then you might be putting in tincture in um, clean water and putting it onto the wound to sterilize and kill any bugs, for example, like you would with antibacterial, you know, we've got the herbs, we can do that with calendula and those sorts of herbs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got the outside and we've got the inside. Yeah. 
<laughs> so some of the anti-inflammatory herbs that you've listed here in um, your review. So chamomile, I mean, chamomile is so good for everything. I mean, Peter Rabbit's mother gave it to him when he came in <laughs> having gobbled in Mr. McGregor's garden. Every, you know, chamomile is so well known. And, and the only reason for not taking it is if you're allergic to flowers. So the... Um, it's got a really, really long history of using it for all of these things. And what a list it's got there. Yeah. So, Yes, and it was really hard to choose. I mean, I've just listed four, but, I mean, there's such a long list of herbs that have anti-inflammatory action. So um, because, again, a lot of other actions will, like, say, antioxidant will give a herb an anti-inflammatory action as well. Mm. So um, it was really hard to choose, but... I mean, chamomile is a traditional medicine for the treatment of inflammation as well as, I mean, you know, it is calming for the mind and that you know, Peter Rabbit's mum was using it to help him get to sleep, but also because he had a tummy from, um, from eating all the cabbage in the garden. <laughs> so that is a sign that he had sort of an inflammation there. Um, there was sort of a gut inflammation and that's where chamomile shines in soft tissue, inflammation of the soft tissue and such as the skin and mucous membranes. And so that makes it really useful in digestive um, inflammatory processes, such yeah. as stomach pain and sluggish digestion and irritable bowel syndrome and diarrhea, nausea. Um, yeah, but also eczema and um, yeah. skin disorders. So, yeah, it's a soft tissue inflammation is, is what you can think of for chamomile. It's an, it's an excellent choice. And we've got licorice in here. Now, licorice, um, we, you know, taste-wise, we've got the lovers and the haters. It's a bit like the um, oh, parsley and what's that other one? Um, um, coriander, is it? Coriander, yeah. You've got your lovers and your haters. They're either coriander haters or coriander lovers. And it's a bit like the licorice. I, you know, I'm always saying to my clients, do you want licorice or do you want ginger? You know, you've got a choice of two here. And so I can't do licorice. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so, you know, so we all know about, you know, everyone's seen licorice, everyone's tried licorice. And um, and yet it's amazing for so many things. And it's great for to modulate our inflammation, as you've said. Yes, it's a great ally, especially again for skin health and again externally as well as internally. Um, so you can, you know, do both. Um and it, it, licorice is interesting as well because it supports the endocrine system, uh, the hormones, um, particularly when we're looking at long-term everyday stress. So a lot of people think of licorice for the adrenal stress and you probably think, oh, what's that got to do with inflammation? But what it does is it nourishes the adrenal glands and this is thought to help produce the right level of hormones, especially cortisol. Um, now, cortisol is a potent anti-inflammatory that prevents the widespread um, tissue and nerve damage associated with inflammation. So it's also a key player in stress response and it will fail to function with chronic stress. Mm. So licorice is fantastic because it helps to um, support um, the production of cortisol, which um, is going to help with inflammation as well as stress because they're all you know, intertwined together. Um, it's also great for hot, painful, irritated throats. It's very soothing on the mucous membranes in upper respiratory infections. Um, it's also known for deeper down in the chest for relieving coughs, 
again with this um, uh, winter coming up, <laughs> um, especially those dry, irritating coughs. Um, it's famous for gastric ulcers in the gut, dyspepsia, leaky gut syndrome, and um, and bacterial imbalance. You know, with um, gastritis and peptic ulcers with the Helicobacter pylori bacteria, um, and also in joint pain, the anti-inflammatory benefits. So it's very broad. That's why it's faint. Like it had to be included in the um, inflammatory. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the best taste correctors, and I put it in, you know, the children's mixes all the time because you know that. I do actually check with them a lot of the time if they'll take it, but it's really going to cover a lot of your bases yeah. with, with illnesses. And um, so there is the discussion of not having high doses of it for um, high blood pressure. But the simple fact is it is so strong in itself. And so that you only need the tiniest amount yeah. in your herbal mix anyway, and, um, and you get all the benefits. So it's very low dose herb for for the amazing punch that it gives you for um, for its skill base for it, for what it does. Yeah. It's incredible. And who does a lot of people have got stress these days? Oh, yeah, who hasn't got stress? So <laughs> both bases. <laughs> it's going to address the stress as well. Yeah, so you've got a couple of others here. So we've got we've got two others on your list. We've got turmeric, which I was saying correctly, and we've got white willow. So <laughs> I cannot say it. I just call it turmeric. I call it turmeric, and everyone goes, "It's not you're giving it some extra lettuce, mum." My kids, you're giving this not said like that, mum. It's not said like that. I'm like, what? What did I say? I can't even remember. Uh, I remember doing the monograph for it, and I was trying to work out how to say it as well. Yeah. Turmeric, and there's turmeric, and I was living in Sri Lanka, as you know, for four years, yep. and it's turmeric there. I think it just depends on where you come from. It's one of those um, accent ones, you know. I don't think it's gonna, <laughs> we call it curcuma longa. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it curcuma longa. So, <laughs> there's, um, I mean, there's been a lot of research into it, and there's some good scientific reviews that you know into the use of turmeric because it's so popular. It's the end yeah. thing. It is one, it's had a lot of media hype, mm. um, but it is renowned for its ability to modulate inflammation and probably because, you know, as a society, we're highly inflamed. Um, but yep. the inflammation is kind of causing a lot of our diseases, as we spoke about this chronic inflammation, like the main killers, heart disease, cancer, type 1 diabetes, anyone with obesity is going to have inflammation. Um, so it's a, it's, you know, a huge topic, and that's probably why turmeric is becoming this poster herb. Um, and it's associated with an extraordinary spectrum of <laughs> infectious and autoimmune diseases, um, arthritis, cancer, digestion, liver health, skin conditions, heart health, um, type 2 diabetes. It's sort of almost like this cure-all. And probably talk, when we talk specifically about turmeric a bit later on, um, more about that um about that there are some people that probably shouldn't take turmeric who yeah. are very dry because yeah. it's, it's very drying yeah um, but it doesn't work like um we were talking about before like your insects like aspirin um neurofen mm -hmm. and then you know the um, brand name and or um voltaren's another brand name of another NSAID. um 
but it, in, in many ways it's a bit more sophisticated because it um, works in multiple ways. Yeah. Um, and there is actually preclinical evidence showing that curcumin, which is sort of the constituent that everyone talks about uh, from turmeric. I mean, there's more than 300 compounds in turmeric, but um, curcumin is the one that gets all the attention, um, that it can actually protect against the gastric mucosal damage um, induced by NSAIDs, which is one of the side effects. Ah. It is yet to be tested in humans. We have to um, say that's not, um, this is preclinical evidence. Yep. However, um, it could be a sign that if you, you know, like turmeric with any of these um, uh, um, conventional anti-inflammatories could protect against mucosal damage. Mm -hmm. uh, as well as helping the inflammation itself. It's amazing, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah. amazing. So turmeric's amazing. And what about white willow? That's also on this list of um, what we should be using. So, and I use it quite a bit, actually. Surprisingly, I use it quite a bit because you kind of think it's going to be scary because of its association with the non-steroidals. So can you tell us more about the white willow that we're all using? Yes, so it's, um, it's, it's got a great history, actually, um, along with uh, meadowsweet because they both contain salicylic, which the liver can um, metabolise to salicylic, salicylic acid, which is similar to the core material that was um, used uh, to make aspirin, chemically manipulate aspirin. Um, and that gave rise to the class of drugs known as um, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Now, the irony is that salicylic acid in the form of aspirin, chemical drug aspirin, is problematic. It has um, side effects, um, gastric distress, um, and, you know, often when we isolate these active chemicals from a plant, they can have side effects. That's why we like to use whole plant medicine, which is the inherent wisdom of the plant, um, because they can um, override these side effects from the constituents. So white willow, when you use it as a whole herb, doesn't cause gastric bleeding or distress because it's got astringent um, aspects to it as well from the tannins. There's other constituents in the tannins which make it astringent and they counteract the side effect of the salicylic acid and um, modify and modulate the effects to help prevent the gastric bleeding. Perfect. So, yeah, so it's, it's nature's wisdom. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because of the gastric side effects of aspirin, there's been a resurgence in, a resurgence in the use of white willow for the treatment of inflammatory syndromes. Um, it's useful for connective tissue inflammation as seen in sports injuries and arthritis, aches and pains. Um, and there are a small number of clinical studies in humans um, supporting its use in chronic lower back and joint pain of osteoarthritis. Wow. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great herb and I definitely use it as well. Not very much, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just enough. It really totally has a place on my herbal shelf, I've got to say. The, um, now, we really got into turmeric there, so maybe we should just carry on talking about turmeric for a bit longer because it's quite exciting, even though I'm still saying it wrong. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should let's delve that little bit deeper into turmeric because as we were saying it's one of the most relevant herbs for today's mm. calendars um, and in recent years it's received a lot of hype 
It's one of the most studied medicinal herbs. Um, and it's got anti-inflammatory and antioxidant um, properties, as you were talking about. And sometimes when they're antioxidants, they're also anti-inflammatory. So there's a broad range of anti-inflammatory herbs. Um, turmeric, um, it can, as we talked about, you know, it can help prevent a lot of different diseases. And um, But as a result, it's sort of heavily marketed as a super herb. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's not for everyone with, with the dryness. Um, and that's why you see this, you know, the hits to drink, um, turmeric latte, the mm. gold milk that everyone's drinking. That is a traditional way to have turmeric so that it's not as dry because you've got the... Um, the fats in there with the milk and often it'll come with black pepper as well which helps um, the absorption of curcumin in that constituent we were talking about that has been heavily studied that seems to have a lot of reaction um, or a lower dose for someone who's dry but if they're very very dry constitution then you don't want to have um, it's not the best table match go for another one of the anti-inflammatories um, but as I was saying it's got like more than 300 compounds. Curcumin is undoubtedly the key medicinal constituent. However, there's more to it. And um, what we're seeing is that there's, you know, we, we seem to be cherry picking a lot of um, herbs based on their isolated constituents and curcumins, like a case in point. Um, most of the um, curcumin on the market today, though, has been extracted with hexane and ethyl acetate, acetone, methanol. Um, these are all questionable. They have questionable environmental credentials. Um, and this process also strips um, turmeric of the synergistic compounds that we were talking about with white willow. And as a result, you'll see these curcumin products that have to be processed further into liposomes and micelles so that they're absorbed significantly. And, then we have to have toxicological studies for safety into these. So it seems, you know, why not just use the whole herb? Why not use turmeric as a whole herb, which is traditional herbal medicine, and then you get the benefit of all the other constituents yeah. as well. Um, and just remember that each and every one of turmeric's um, phytochemicals are there to help you achieve success in your clinical practice. And that is across the board with all the herbs. Yeah. Yeah. Chemicals. Yeah, it's a it's a phenomenal because it's, I mean, it's been traditionally used. It's been around forever, mm. and yet you know the last fifteen years, 10, 10 years, it's suddenly exploded into you've got to have it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm one of the people that can't really tolerate much turmeric at all, but I'm fine with it in food. So I can have turmeric in dinner. You know, I can have a curry, no problem at all, because of course you've got all of the fats and everything else yeah. in there. Whereas if I go to have a turmeric latte, which of course normally you buy your turmeric latte, it's not golden milk. They've made golden milk. They've it's the powder, yeah. and so it hasn't got all those fats to go with it. So I'll find it very drying. And the same. Yeah. So it's you know, for me personally, it's the whole. It's you know that whole root. It's not just parts of it, and I can't do the parts of it, and that's explained a lot of why I can't yeah. do the parts of it. So um, yeah, so I'm very much a small dose turmeric, but I can't say it, so I probably shouldn't drink yeah. it anyway. Let's be honest. If you can't say so, that that is the meme, isn't it? If you can't pronounce it, don't have it, except for quinoa. Eat quinoa. <laughs> oh yeah, you can do that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's I can I can pronounce that one. We're all good. So um, I mean there's 
there's a lot going for the turmeric and I have got, or turmeric, and I have got a bottle of it on my shelf and it does go into my anti-inflammatory mixes. So the um, it does stain as yeah. well. So if we're giving it to our clients, we do need to remember to warn them that it does stain. That's the practical side <laughs> of this one and that you don't want to be dropping it anywhere. You need to be a bit careful with it you've, if you've got it in your mix. So one. Yeah. Um, is there anything we've missed? Is there anything we haven't said about it? Um, anti-inflammatories. I mean, no, there, there's lots. Yeah, yeah, but we are bite we are bite sized. So maybe we'll leave it there for today. Thank you so much, Christine, for coming back and talking to us. It was absolutely great to have you here today. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.